We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And Oladipo wants it again. Approaching two minutes to play. With Take a sip with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All righty, Pacer Nation. I am feeling good. It is so good to be back and talking about the Pacers after a huge win over LeBron and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Pacers won Tuesday night, 105-102. LeBron James held to 20 points on 8 of 20 shooting, 0 of 6 from 3. Yes, he had 9 rebounds and 9 assists. But let's talk about the Indiana Pacers. Tomatis Sabonis led the team in scoring 26 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Miles Turner followed it up with 16 points, 7 rebounds. And Malcolm Brogdon had 14 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. And then, of course, the guards off the bench, Aaron Holiday and T.G. McConnell, were absolutely huge in this game. So, yes, it was a much-needed Pacers victory. Another chance for the Pacers to prove to the league that they are not to be walked on, not to be forgotten about, not to be slept on. And they did all of this without, without Oladipo. I mean, can you imagine that? This Pacers team right now, 19-9 and without Victor Oladipo. 
please. People have been writing them off all year long. Zach Lowe, Bill Simmons, multiple NBA personalities, reporters, guys that cover them for the media were just like, I'm not feeling this Pacers team. I'm not sure about Malcolm Brogdon getting this big of a role. I think he was a system player in Milwaukee next to Giannis. Oh, oh, you know, all this stuff. But here the Pacers are, 19-9, and looking good, looking great. And, man, it was so great to see the response from our excellent fan base here at Setting the Pace. Had a bunch of guys call in. Ladies, we got to get you on the phone. What is what is taking so long? If you're a lady listener, please call the show. We want to hear from you, too. But we had about nine to ten voicemails, I believe it was, about five or six questions. So we're going to – I'm going to get out of the way because these questions were really good. Myself and Mike Focci. We answer these questions, and then after that, I've got a Kings preview for you about five to ten minutes long. So not super long on that Kings preview because I'm just I'm just looking forward to that Bucks game. I, I don't want the Pacers to overlook the Kings, but I'm overlooking the Kings right now. But anyway, guys, I'm going to get out of the way, let you all listen to our voicemail segment. And I think first up is David Cole, so I'm going to get out of the way. Talk to you all later. Hey there, guys. This is David Cole. I'm pretty excited after that big win. I'm a teacher, and I made sure that all my students that are LeBron fans knew how excited I was after the win. My big question to you guys, though, is we've seen some issues with Miles Turner and Sabonis. We've heard rumors of them all year. One of them's going to be traded all year, all year. Recently, they've had some success. Is this sustainable? Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Keep it up. So our first question comes from David Cole, Fachi, and his question was, is the recent success we've seen from Turner and Sabonis sustainable? What do you think? I think it's sustainable if Pacer fans can, you know, realize that Miles Turner is going to take a bit of a backseat. We have to temper expectations. If we can do that, then I think the success is sustainable because Miles probably isn't going to average 17 and 10, but if he can put up 15 and 7, this team's going to be great. Yeah, I think it's a small sample size, and I'm not ready to say that I think it is sustainable yet. Just because, I mean, I would have loved to have seen how the Lakers played against the Pacers if Anthony Davis was out there, how they would have guarded that, because even though there was no Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard still had 20 points on 10 of 10 shooting. Exactly. Dwight Howard was just a monster for the Lakers all in the paint. Uh, but look, as of last week, Turner and Sabonis, they were plus you know five points together on the court. Since then, a four-game winning streak. I know the Pacers outscored the Lakers by nine when both of them were on the court. So, hey, that's another great sign. And I think Miles has picked up his play a little bit lately. So that's been great to see. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I think Miles is heading in the right direction. It seems to be, like he's saying, all the right things, really embracing his role. So, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, do you think there's a trade out there for Miles Turner? And the question is, I really can't think of a trade that I love. Like, for the players that are available, a person that really fits what Miles is doing with his position, it's kind of hard to find a big that can shoot the three and block shots and is okay taking a back seat with Sabonis kind of running the offense. But I think that both of them can play together, and I think McMillan's done a great job of staggering their minutes, so it's not too much overload of those two together, but playing them in the right moments. I completely agree. I mean, I have seen a whole bunch of hot garbage out there on Twitter with these trade, <laughs> these trade scenarios. There, none of them I've been all right with. No. So, just as you mentioned, Miles has a very specific skill set that I feel like you just can't find 
around there. So right now, the Pacers, I think they just need to hold tight. We still haven't even seen Oladipo with this lineup. So right, right. W- there's no need to, to you know rush everything. So no one's ever going to complain with a game like Miles had the other night. 16 points, 7 boards, 2 blocks. Played some clutch defense on LeBron at the end and hit mm-hmm. some big free throws. He's going to be just fine, and I think him and Sabonis are playing you know, very well together. And here's the thing. Sabonis and Miles are really good friends. They want this to work, and they're willing to make sacrifices to help each other out. One of the things that I love about this Pacers team is if you look at the defensive side of things, you see how important Turner is with his rim protection, with his ability to switch on guards and you know at least stay in front of them. As important as Miles is on defense, Sabonis is that important on the offensive end. So these mm-hmm. guys are equally important to one another. Now, people might say that Sabonis is more valuable because of the stats that he puts up compared to Turner. But at the end of the day, if you look at what they're providing on both ends of the floor, I think it's really hard to say which one is more valuable than the other because they're both extremely valuable to the success of this Pacers team. They really are. Scoring is not everything. Sometimes it's hard to see just the little things. That Miles Turner's putting together on a on a, day, a nightly basis. Look at this. Here's some random numbers I was digging up. The Pacers are nine and three in games when Miles Turner has two blocks or more. Oh wow! That's I mean, that's, that's going to put you <laughs> that's going to put you on a great track to to win. You know, well over fifty games on the right. year. So it's little things like that where it's not all about the scoring. Mm-hmm. And and I think the other thing too, Fachi, is just. The, the the biggest thing that fans have a problem with is, oh, Turner can't guard Embiid. Well, I hate to say this, but if you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, a lot of teams have a problem guarding Embiid. Embiid is a top 10 player in this league for a reason. Like, he is probably the most dominant big man when he's out there fully healthy. I mean, he's hard to stop. He's just good from the three-point line. He can shoot threes. He's a beast down low. You know, yes, he probably does get away with some foul calls and stuff like that, but he's he's a big dude, and it's, it's hard for anybody to stop him. So... You know, it's just going to take a team effort to keep Embiid off the off the boards and not put so many points up, whether that's trapping or whatever, because that Sixers team has flaws. But at the end of the day, I think I'm not sure if this question, we need to go back to the question, but I'm not sure if it is sustainable, the success, but I'm just going to ride it while it's hot and just see what happens because I think they can only get better. One game at a time, and so far I don't think anyone really has anything to complain about. The Pacers are playing very well right now. Turner and Sabonis have their best, you know, plus minus that they've had together right now as we speak. So why not just ride it out, just like you said? All right. Well, we thank you, David, for that question. Let's move on. Woo! Go Pacers! This is uh, Lance Lillard. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter. Um, Another big Pacer win. Um, Continuing to improve on the season. Um, still loving you guys' content. Please keep putting it out. You know, keep tweeting. Love the podcast, everything. Um, my only question is a general question. What are your thoughts on Justin Holiday? Has he surprised you this season? And what does he mean to the Pacers? Go Pacers! All righty, Pachi. Here is a question from Lance Lord, if you didn't hear it there. What are your overall thoughts on Justin Holiday, and what does he mean to the Pacers? Fachi. um... You know I'm a Justin Holiday guy. I was begging <laughs> Pritchard to sign him in the offseason. I really like his game, and I think he's just been huge for the Pacers this season. But what are your thoughts on Justin Holiday? What do you think he means to this Pacers team? Look, it's a great question, Lance. Um, 
But Justin Holiday, man, I mean, there's only one person I could think back, and there is no replacing Thad, but I feel like he's our Thad Young, where he's just a veteran. He's that like type of glue guy where he's he can absorb any role that's asked of him. We've seen him finish games with the starters. We've seen him play great defense throughout the season. Uh, but also, he's bringing out the best in Aaron Holiday. It just seems like Aaron Holiday is able to take his game to the next level uh, when Justin Holiday is on the court, and you can only chalk that up as some serious chemistry. But just Justin Holiday was that missing piece. I know it's the holiday season now, and I know play on words right there. But Alex, your Christmas <laughs> came in the summer when you got Justin Holiday because Christmas in July, him. baby. Exactly, because I that was the guy you were calling for, and it was a great call by you. He he is the veteran on his team by age, and there's a game like just earlier last week. He had 17 points against Boston. We don't win that game without him, right. and that's that's on the offensive end. We, you know, defense. You're never going to get the credit, but there's there was a game earlier this year, six steals by Justin Holiday. I mean, he brings something so important to the table every night. Absolutely, and honestly, like I wasn't even aware of how good he could be offensively. I just liked his defense. I liked his length, and I thought that it'd be kind of cool to see him and his brother play together. I thought it would be good for the mature, uh, the maturity and the maturation of Aaron Holiday to have his brother here alongside him. And I just think he's a good basketball player. Scrappy, not afraid to get down and gritty with it. You know what I mean? Just a guy that, oh, yeah. just a guy that I think can really be a game changer coming off the bench. He's not going to be a star, but he can come in there and he can change things. And I love the fact that he's played two guard, three guard, and now he's playing the four basically with the bench. He's he's willing to do whatever it takes to give this team the boost that it needs. And I think that says all you need to know about Justin Holiday. In my opinion, you can say what you want about Aaron Holiday, TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott. I think Justin Holiday has been the most important bench player for this Pacers team. Yeah, I mean, he really was the icing on the cake for this Pacer offseason. He was that one guy that when you got, when you signed Justin Holiday, I felt like, okay, now we're complete. We are a much more well-rounded team, and I'm glad I have him in Indiana. And Alex, I think he's having a lot of fun right now. Yeah, I do too, Fachi. So let's move on. We've got uh, one of my fan favorite callers coming in, Big Glenn, up next with his voicemail. Hello, this is Big Glenn from Turner's Block. It was a big W tonight. And all i got to say is LeBron James goes down once again in 2019. Like LeVar Ball on ESPN's first take, we never lost in 2019 to LeBron James. Big Glenn out. Undefeated, never lost. What up, everybody? Mike Focci here, and if you haven't already checked it out, go to PacersTalk.net for the latest coverage on all Pacer news. We have game recaps, game previews, and everything you can imagine. Let's go, Pacers. Hey, what's up, Pacers Nation? It's your boy, uh, AJ Reese, out here. Um, Just working on studying for finals, but I am so hyped they just won. Um... Only question I really have is, do you guys think the Pacers will get any media attention because of this dub, or will they just get swept under the rug like usual? Anyways, happy holidays. I'm about to ace these finals in the next couple of days, and go into Christmas break. See you. Alrighty, AJ, thank you so much for that question. I know you are a fan favorite of setting the pace, and we really appreciate you taking some time to get away from those finals and ask us a question and call into the voicemail. So, AJ. He asked, do the Pacers, uh, do you think the Pacers will get any national attention because of this win? 
Fachi, I want to ask you, it's been a couple of days after this game, have you seen much national attention about the Pacers' big win? Not as much as I hoped, because it's BS. Because if the Lakers won, I think the story would have been they're now one road win shy of tying the all-time record as they face the Bucks. Instead, Alex, I saw this headline, LeBron's near triple-double, not enough for Lakers in road loss. At least say our name. I mean, we are the Indiana Pacers who just beat the team with the best record. I don't want to hear what LeBron didn't do. I want to hear what we did do. Malcolm Brogdon had an unbelievable block on LeBron that I can't find anywhere. And that shouldn't be right. That should be shown everywhere. Well, there's always going to be that little asterisk because there was no Anthony Davis in this game. Mm -hmm. And that is the downfall of... Not having, uh, you know, Anthony Davis playing this game and the Pacers winning the game. But at the end of the day, you know, it would be nice to see the national media praise the Pacers a little bit more. But if they're just going to, like, overlook it and just say, well, the Lakers lose without Anthony Davis and a tough game against the Pacers on a long road trip, make all the excuses for the Lakers you want. I think it just adds more fuel to the fire for this Indiana team to prove that they're not a team to be slept on. Oh, completely true. I mean, at the same point, let's not act like Oladipo played in that game. Right, so right. it's not like we're just at full strength. I thought what was funny, uh, when we had Jonathan Charks on for uh, last episode, he said, you know, really? You guys don't get that much media attention? And I said, no, pretty much only if we play LeBron. I didn't realize that the game was going to be on NBA TV the next night. And <laughs> it was just, of course it was on NBA TV because LeBron was involved. Right. But I want to see the Pacers on more, you know, nationally televised games when you aren't going up against a LeBron. I get it. That's how it is. But when we win, at least say our name. Well, let me ask you this, Fachi. If you could have wrote the headline for the Pacers win over the Lakers, what would your headline have been? Hmm. <laughs> uh, mm, Come on. I don't know. be quicker than this. What is this? This is... Uh, I don't know. What, what, what do you got in mind? Well, what I would say is Oladipo list Pacers stun LeBron James and the Lakers on the road. Well, I guess that makes right. sense because that might be misleading to think that we were on the road. But you could say Oladipo list Pacers, you know, stun the Lakers as they close out their uh, six-game road trip. Something like that. You know what I mean? Like anything is better. Yeah. Than, you know, How about LeBron has triple-double without Davis. Blah, blah, blah. How about like King, question mark, more like Jester. Pacers stun Lakers and road streak. More <laughs> like Jester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little something like that. Oh, man. Well, we're getting carried away here. Let's move on to our next question from our man, Mr. A Plus Tweet. Yo, what's up, guys? A Riz, the match of A Plus Tweets. Um, great game tonight. Huge game. I don't think many of us expected to win, but the team showed a lot of fight, as we always do. Um, but I think the biggest MVP of the game was not DeMondis Sabonis. I don't think it was Malcolm Brogdon. I think it was Miles Turner. I think he showed a lot to the fan base, to himself. Um, I guess the biggest thing for me was seeing him just shoot threes. He shot six threes tonight, made three of them. Um, so do you guys think this is his coming out game? Uh, he performed really well against one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, yeah, let me know. Do you guys think this is Miles' comeback game? Is he confident? Is that going to continue? Um, I hope so, but I'm just going to enjoy this one in the meantime. No Pacers. All right, Fachi. Well, I think that was an A-plus question there from Aris. So his question was, basically, was this Miles Turner's breakout game, and do you think this gives him a confidence boost? So 
Personally, for me, Fachi, I don't know if this was a breakout game, but I definitely did see a boost in confidence in Miles, especially in that post-game interview with Pat Boylan. I would agree. Miles had a great game overall, you know, 16 points, seven boards. Um, I just feel like I don't know if it was the breakout game, but the confidence is definitely flowing. We're now talking about Miles has scored in double figures in four straight games, all wins. Now, you know me, I broke out the shovel. I was digging a little bit, digging through some stats. When Miles Turner scores in single digits, the Pacers are merely three and three. But when he scores above 10, eight and four, as you can see. You know, they're a much better team when Turner has it going, but he doesn't necessarily need to have 15-plus. It's just that when Miles Turner, you know, only has about four points, five points in the game, the odds of winning that game aren't as strong as when he can go for at least 10 or more. Right, so let me ask you this, because we did see Miles make an advertisement tweet uh, for Vivint, I believe it's who the company Mm -hmm. was that he did. Now people are like, oh, Miles is back. Do you believe Miles is back on social, or do you think he's just doing this for money? I think the money helps. I think right, the money right, helps, right. but I, I think he's also been able to kind of deal with the haters a little bit better lately. It's a, he's, it's a slow, it's a slow comeback in my opinion. Four miles. It, yes, yeah, it is yes. a very positive sign to say that. I think he's thinking, all right, hey, look, we're playing great basketball right now. We're beating winning teams, so I, I, I feel, I feel good. He's being more accepting of the role, and the Pacers are finding ways to get him a little bit more shots like we said right. uh, uh, over the weekend against charlotte 14 shots so yeah, he had six threes against the lakers and i and i know Harris mentioned that in his voicemail it's good to see miles shooting the three even if he doesn't make it if he hits one or two of those teams have to respect that which is just going to open up the floor even more for sabonis and you know jonathan charks mentioned that in his article the way that miles is spreading the floor it's giving sabonis more you know room to work with the pick and roll with brogdon and I don't know if you listen to Bill Simmons' podcast with Zach Lowe today, but it was very uh, interesting what Simmons had to say about Brogdon and Sabonis. He said, I really believe that this is probably the most unguardable, one of the most unguardable pick and rolls in the entire NBA. And he said, imagine if the Bucks would have kept Brogdon and he was doing this with Giannis instead. Like just how, you know, wow. that would just kill teams. He's like, you know, but their paces are doing it with Sabonis who's averaging 18 and 13. But that doesn't happen if Miles is not taking a step back and sacrificing for the better good of the team. And I think that while we can sit there and look at the stats and say, hey, Sabonis is having an all-star year, Miles is not, Miles' sacrifice for the Pacers is not only benefiting Sabonis and Brogdon, but it's benefiting the entire Pacers team. And that's great to see, and it's good to see that the guys are trying to get him more involved and his confidence is rising because that's exactly what you want this young big man to have is confidence because Al Jefferson said it, Fachi, he gets down on himself. Al did say it, and you got to trust Al. But, you know, Miles Turner down the stretch just against the Lakers. I touched on it a little bit earlier. He hit two big free throws with about a minute to go and played great defense on LeBron. He cut off the angle so LeBron could not drive to the hoop. He had to come right around the three-point line. Miles stays with him, does not foul on that three-pointer, just makes that shot more difficult for LeBron. And all of that, it'll never show up in a box score, but it was huge by Miles Turner. So the fact that he's been able to take a step back, buy into the role, it's helped the whole entire team. And uh, the players, just they got to give him credit because obviously, you know, when he shows up in, in a big game, it feels good for everybody. But the game is where he might not have the most points there. He's still helping this team big time. Yeah, and so four of the next six games are against Eastern Conference powerhouses. you got 
at the Bucks, home versus the Raptors, at the Heat, home versus the 76ers for the next six games. Those are all games I want to see how these two guys play together. This can even go back to David's comment or question from the first uh, question that we did asking about, is this sustainable? I would love to see how the Pacers big men do against these teams because they all have pretty solid big men that can cause the Pacers problems. you got Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka. You've got Giannis and Brooke Lopez, who we already saw give Sabonis and Turner problems earlier, but of course there was no guards in that with Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb both hurt. Uh, Bam Adebayo has been really good for the Miami Heat this year, so we'll get to see how he does. Oh, wow. Breaking news as we're talking. Marcus Saul will miss a period of weeks with a left hamstring injury, so I guess that's good news for the Pacers, but still uh, Pascal Siakam, those kind of players, and then of course the 76ers rematch with Joel Embiid and Al Horford. So some really you know big matchups here for the Pacers to kind of see how these guys will play together. Oladipo will not be back by this point. So this is a good chance for Miles to kind of prove it. And if Miles and the Pacers have success, I think his confidence will just go through the roof. Fachi. I completely agree. The, the, these are the games right now against the – these are all potential teams the Pacers may face in the playoffs, obviously outside of Sacramento and New Orleans. You know, this is a hard slate of games, but so far the Pacers responded very well against Los Angeles. I don't care that Anthony Davis wasn't there. It was still a hard-fought win that you, you needed that confidence. So I would love to see, you know, what Miles Turner has ahead of him, but also just overall win games. If we could just win games, I'm happy. I think Miles would be happy. Everyone's going to be happy. Also, a little side note from Milwaukee, Eric Bledsoe is going to be out in that game. So, you know, let's, but I'm let's, worried let's about see. the bigs, Fletch. I'm worried about the bigs. Yeah, no, completely hear you. Just had to throw out that, that little fact while we were at it because uh, teams are banged up right now. But for Miles Turner, yes, you have to be able to take advantage of, of that. But with the Bucks, it, they're, they're a huge team. You have the Lopez twins there. You have Giannis. I mean, even Middleton is huge. Like, there's a lot of size from Milton Milton is not huge. Not huge, but he's – I mean, look, he's not a seven-footer or anything like that. He's like 6'9", you know, <laughs> right around there. They had, they can go big. They can go big for, for right. their team. They're lengthy, so, for sure. Yes, it's going to be tough, but I think the Pacers are well – you know, in a much better position to take on Milwaukee this time around. I completely agree. Well, let's move on. That was a little bit of a lengthy answer there, but let's move on to our last question for this segment from Destin Adams. Hey, guys, it's setting the pace. Uh, my name's Destin Adams. And I'm calling because of the big win there for the Pacers. My question for you guys is, with so many people playing well in this bench lineup, whose minutes are the most up in the air for whenever Victor Oladipo gets fully healthy? Um, Go Pacers. Yeah, that's a really important question, Destin Adams. I appreciate you asking that because, Fachi, I mean, when Oladipo comes back, whose minutes is he taking? That's a tough question. We've talked about it for multiple podcasts now, but that second unit – has a rhythm going, but I don't see Jeremy Lamb uh, not being in the second unit rotation once Oladipo comes back. Oh, my God. It is a tough question, and I tried to really you know, do the math and take a few minutes from a couple different people. I think Jeremy Lamb's going to end up giving up maybe five minutes per game. I think Justin Holiday is going to end up giving up you know, maybe right around five minutes a game. He's at 25 minutes. He goes down to 20. Aaron Holiday is someone you just can't take out of this lineup. So I think that Aaron Holiday is going to see his minutes shrink. He's at 22. I could see it being closer to 15. Uh, TJ McConnell, another guy playing great ball right now. He's at 18 minutes. I think that might go down to 14. Uh, Edmund Sumner, I think, is the guy who's the odd man out. Uh, He's not even in the rotation right now. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. I I can't see him getting back in the rotation. I don't want to talk about Sumner. I want to talk 
about McConnell, Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, McDermott, and Lamb. Who okay. who's, whose minutes are going to get cut? Who's not going to be in the rotation? Well, then just essentially just forget that I said Edmund Sumner because I think if all those guys, if you trim out four to five minutes, I did the math, and that brings Oladipo between 20 to 25 minutes, which I think you're going to ease him in first. He'll probably be on a minute count. I think that I don't see him exceeding 25 minutes for the beginning. Then as you go on, I think more guys might be uh, have their minutes significantly cut. Well, who? I- I'm I trying. Who? Yeah, I-, I mentioned him. I said Jeremy Lamb's going to have his minutes cut about five minutes. You said everybody. I'm saying – which player is out of the rotation? Because McMillan's playing a nine-man rotation. Who do you think gets cut from the rotation? Because I think that's what's going to end up happening once Oladipo comes back. Because that's too many guards. I mean, if Sabonis is the one playing off the bench, I mean, or with the bench unit, not off the bench, but with the bench unit, somebody's going to have to give their minutes up to Jeremy Lane. If you If you specifically had to remove one guy from that lineup, I would think it would be between Aaron Holiday and TJ McConnell. Really? See, I, every week it changes for me. I yeah. feel like we talked about Aaron Holiday's shooting struggles and that being a problem, and I was I was completely fine with that. I mean, I love Aaron Holiday, but the way he's playing now, you can't do it. Same goes for T.J. McConnell. Um, and I know this might sound kind of crazy, but I think it's I think it might be Doug McDermott. I, I didn't want to say this, but his shooting has been huge for the Pacers. But Justin Holiday has been the one playing the four. I think it makes more sense for uh, Jeremy Lamb to take McDermott's minutes. And then you just put Sabonis with that second unit, especially if McConnell and Holiday are playing this way. Now, I think it should be something we keep an eye on because I could see where they might go 10 deep in the first half and then the second half just go down to nine players. But I do have concerns with, you know, which guy to take out because if there's a a lineup out there that's a little bit bigger, you might want to play McDermott and Jeremy Lamb together and then McConnell or Aaron Holiday has to take a back seat. But... It's it's a tough question. I mean, I'm 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 in love with Justin Holiday, so it's hard for me to see him getting out of the rotation. But I think, I think right now, if if you put Jeremy Lamb with that second unit, I think it's either going to be Justin or McDermott that might be on the outside looking in. I don't know how you could take McDermott completely out. He's actually having pretty much a career year. I know, He's top I know. Five it's... in the league in three point percentage, forty seven percent from three. How are you going to remove that? I don't. I don't well, think it would be he, smart. He's not a, a good defender. That even, That's his problem. I know, but we're a team that doesn't even shoot enough threes, and he's shooting forty-seven percent. You see three. what happened last year in the playoffs? Aaron Hall they had to replace him because he was so bad defensively, and teams kept attacking him on the defensive end. I think if you have Justin Holiday, Aaron Holiday. Um, Jeremy Lamb and McConnell, I think that's a little bit better of a defensive unit. And that's the only reason I would even consider that. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think that we still have maybe about a month to go, so we'll see who's kind of slacking on their play a little bit. But this group has just been so talented that I find it hard to just see one guy, one of these guys just not playing at all. But eventually that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, Let's listen to the rest of these voicemails here, Fachi, and hear what the fans have got to say about this huge win over the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, this is a Pacer fan from Philly checking in. Just calling in to check in after this big win. Um, just like to say that's what I like or like to call a warning shot. A warning shot to the league, like Brogdon said. This was the game that the Pacers fans and the organization, I think, needed to put us on the map. I wake up this morning, and who are they talking about? The Pacers. The Pacers. Our beloved Pacers. It's a beautiful thing. And after last night, 
I want Malcolm Brogdon in the All-Star game, not as a as an injury reserve replacement, but as a a full-fledged All-Star. Um, he did. He took over the game like an All-Star would. He did the LeBron James clear out on them last two possessions and came up big. You know, it was winning time, and that's what we needed. That's the difference, my friends, between, um, you know, having, you know, Darren Collison, you know, who who did everything he could do, and a Malcolm Brogdon, you know, somebody to deflect, somebody that the other team has to focus on and that's capable of making big shots. All I'm going to say is when Depot come back, it's going to be a problem. Chaser Ed, over and out. What's up, fellas? Don't know if you can hear me or not. This is Dewan 8 underscore, a.k.a. Big Nick, calling all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. We had a good game tonight, man. Glad to see we got a win against the LeBron team. Don't care about no Lakers. Glad to see the Pacers are playing well. Hope the fans are excited. I'm excited. We look good. Can't wait to get Victor back. Um, our, our bench is one of the greatest in the league. We showed that we have resiliency, and I like Malcolm's post-game interview on NBA TV. He said there's no egos. So, Pacer fans, stay excited. Thank you, setting the pace, for having this outlet, and it's good to hear you guys. Shout out to Jeremy W. Miller, my guy. Yo, it's Ares leaving my second voicemail. Uh, I want to leave this one because I think a lot of people on Twitter know how much I dislike Nate McMillan as a coach. But I just wanted to say, Nate McMillan, last night, he outcoached former Pacers head coach Frank Vogel. He made a lot of good calls down the stretch. Super happy to see he didn't put Aaron Holiday back on the bench. Kept riding with the hot guys, which has been one of my criticisms that he, that he usually doesn't do that. So I just want to give a special shout-out. Nate McMillan, you did very well. I'm giving you the credit where it's due. Keep it up. All we want is wins, whether you're a hater, a Miles hater, a bonus hater, doesn't matter. We all want wins, and I think Nate McMillan did a fantastic job. So, shout out, Coach. You did great. Go Pacers. Yeah, this is Zach Barnett. I just got to say, after that Jeremy Lamb shot, I ran downstairs, hung out with my grandpa, and was like, yo, we got to watch the rest of the Pacers game. Uh, he got to sit through the last seven minutes or so of that game and he loved every second of it and uh pray that uh, Jeremy Lamb's injury goes all right because uh it really sucked to lose my favorite player keep up the hard work Alrighty, that does it for our voicemail segment. Thank you all so much for calling in and being a part of our show. We truly do appreciate your interaction with us, and we hope that you guys will continue to do this as the season goes along. But let's take a look at the Sacramento Kings team. So I have honestly not watched much of the Kings this year, to be honest with you. I'm just going to be upfront about it. I do know that Corey Joseph, former Pacers on the Kings, he's been starting up point guard because... De'Aaron Fox, the the star player of the Sacramento Kings, has been injured. He came back, played 30 minutes off the bench against the Charlotte Hornets in their last game Tuesday night. So plenty of rest in between games. They shouldn't be too tired. They are on a four-game road trip, but this is the third game and four uh their third game of the four-game road trip. So 
you know, I'm excited to see what the Kings bring to the table. You know, Marvin Bagley III is an exciting young player that's still learning how to play the game of basketball. He's coming back from an injury. Buddy Heald has just been really good all season long. And then the guy that they're going to have to make a decision with, whether it come trade deadline or the summer, is Bogdan Bogdanovich, restricted free agent. They didn't agree to a contract extension, but they did agree to one with Buddy Heald. So, of course, they've got Rashawn Holmes. Uh, Bielitsa, who just had a game winner against the Rockets last week, and Harrison Barnes, a decent team, a team that I think you can't overlook, and that's one thing Nate McMillan emphasized in practice today. You can't overlook a team like Sacramento when you have the Bucks on Sunday. You just had a statement win against the Lakers. The Pacers are probably eager to go out there and get another win against another solid NBA team like the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, possibly the two best teams in the NBA. Well, they are. There's no doubt about it. If you can get wins on those two teams in the same week, I think you're feeling really good about yourself. The confidence is just going to skyrocket. So you can't have a slip-up here against Sacramento Kings. This is a game the Pacers should win, even without Jeremy Lamb or TJ Warren. Both of those guys are questionable for uh, the game on Friday night. So, yeah, T.J. Warren seems to be going through a little bit of an illness here. We'll see if he can get through it and uh, be able to play in this game. I think T.J. Warren, like, his offensive numbers are, you know, hit or miss sometimes. But I think defensively, T.J. Warren has been really good for the Pacers this year. So I'm excited about his develop development uh, defensively. I, I think that he's going to continue to grow in that area, and he doesn't have to be a prominent scorer like a lot of Fans probably expected him to be, but you know he could put the ball in the bucket. He is a natural scorer, but I do think that that's not the only part of his game. And then Jeremy Lamb, of course, injured his groin in the third quarter of that Lakers game, and he is still questionable as well. I know Jeremy Lamb has been very frustrated this season with the injuries that he suffered. They've just kind of been silly, nagging injuries that take a little bit longer than you want to uh, to heal. So uh, just got to keep an eye on that, and hopefully. Jeremy Lamb, if he isn't able to play in this game against the Kings, he's able to play in the game against Milwaukee because I think uh, the last time the Pacers played, both he and Brogdon missed that game. And I think if you've seen how Brogdon's played all year, how important he is for that Milwaukee game. But just looking at the Sacramento team, uh, they're 21st in offense, 17th in defense. They have a net rating of two point, uh, negative 2.1, which is 20th in the NBA. They're 12 and 15. They're, they're not a winning basketball team. They're eighth in the Western Conference. A little bit shocking to see a team under 500 uh, in the playoffs uh, position uh, for the Western Conference. But, you know, uh, that's kind of what the West has been this year. It's kind of been shocking. But uh, I think the most intriguing statistic about this Sacramento Kings team is that they're 30th in pace. You think of a guy like De'Aaron Fox, one of the fastest players in the NBA, and they're playing one of the they're playing the actual slowest pace of basketball in the entire NBA. And I think that has a lot to do with the coaching change from Dave Yeager to Luke Walden. I think Dave Yeager is a much much better basketball coach than Luke Walden. Nothing against Luke Walden. I just don't think he has a great system. I don't like the way he coaches. Not a fan of him at all, but, you know, Dave Eager uh, apparently doesn't seem to get along well with front offices, so <laughs> I don't know much about that situation, but all I know is that Dave Eager is a better basketball coach, and the Kings were playing better under him than they are with Luke Walden. So, anyway, you know, I think this Kings team is going to be fun to watch. We saw the Pacers play them in India for the first ever games in India, NBA games in India, so a uh, really cool moment there for the Pacers and the Kings to always have that moment together to make history. So I'm sure this game will, will be a competitive one. I think Sacramento will really push the Pacers. You know, they won't let them take any nights off. But 
If Jeremy Lamb does not play, which I expect him to miss this game, I'm going to go ahead and predict that. I think he will miss this game. I think you got to start Aaron Holiday, and I think that the way Brogdon has defended quicker guards, it's been a bit of a struggle for him. I think putting Aaron Holiday on De'Aaron Fox makes a lot of sense, and then just slide Malcolm over to guard Buddy Heald. Uh, hopefully T.J. Warren can play. I'm sure he'll guard Harrison Barnes, and then Bielisa and Rashawn Holmes will be uh, guarded by Sabonis and Turner. And I think this is a game where I think Rashawn Holmes is an unknown player that's pretty good. Uh, Bielitsa, I don't think defensively he's strong enough to to hang with a Sabonis and a Turner, so we'll have to see how they guard these guys, but I'll be interested to see how the Pacers just attack them in the pick and roll and the pick and pop with Turner and Sabonis. I think those big guys have huge nights in this game. So uh, honestly, there's not too much to preview here. We do have a game preview up on PacersTalk.net, so I hope you guys go check that out. There's a little bit more detail there. You can see the projected starting lineup, but, you know, it's always going to be good to see former Pacers that you love in the building. Corey Joseph, if you're at the game, give him some love. Uh, Cheer loudly because I think Corey Joseph deserves it. He was a really good player for the Pacers the last two years and was a fan favorite. Um, Shout out to Tony East. I know that was one of his favorite players, if not his favorite Pacer the last couple years. So, uh, yeah, Corey Joseph, uh, a good Pacer and uh, a guy that, you know, you understand why he needed to move on, but you would have opened him, uh, welcomed him back with open arms because he was just that great of a hustler. And, you know, T.J. McConnell kind of brings some of the same tenacity that Corey Joseph brought. And it, it's kind of cool to see how that works. But, you know, ultimately, even if even if T.J. Warren ends up missing this game with his sickness, I think Justin Holiday slides in. You give Sumner some minutes off the bench. Uh, maybe play Gogo a little bit more to kind of balance out your nine-man rotation. And um, that's that's what I would do. But, you know, this is a game the Pacers have to win to keep this winning streak going. And I don't think you can follow up a Lakers win with a Kings loss because that just kind of negates what you're doing and the success that you've had. you got to be solid here. So anyway, guys, I, I think that wraps it up for my preview. I know a little bit short here, only about seven minutes long. But I want to thank you all so much for joining me today on this podcast and myself and Mike Focci. Focci had to go away. Obviously, Christmas time is here, so a lot of family on uh, coming in where he's at, so um, it'll be crazy. But hopefully on Sunday, uh, we will have a special guest on to do a live podcast with me, uh, and I think we're going to be doing a little bit of a Pacers Christmas wish list that should be available for you guys on Monday, December 23rd, so hopefully you guys can check that out before Christmas Eve and Christmas Day gets here. So if we don't get to talk to you before then, I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. Drive safely. Happy holidays to everyone that's listening to this. And um, with that being said, peace out, Pacer Nation. We'll talk to you all next week. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.